Hello and welcome to the Together for the Common Good podcast. My name is Jenny Sinclair, and this is a podcast where we explore what the common good means in practice and how it can help us work towards civic and spiritual renewal. In this series, we're showcasing a set of nine lectures bringing alive what the common good means in terms of responsibility, political participation and civic life, human freedom, economy, the dignity of work, people and planet, and social peace. I'm the founder and director of the UK Christian charity Together for the Common Good, and I'm here today with our communications partner, Ben Curran. Hi, Jenny. It's good to be here with you. So we're using this podcast channel, aren't we, to share the audio content from some of our great events so that you, our listeners, have an opportunity to join in. Yeah, um, so we're going to kick off by showcasing a set of nine lectures from a series held in partnership with Lincoln Cathedral and CCLA. The content is so good, we felt we had to make it more widely available. Yeah, this first series features some fantastic speakers. Really, really wonderful, each with significant credibility, and each is drawing on Christian thinking to bring alive what the common good means in practice. Yeah, what I really liked about these lectures was that that they explored how God calls us to engage with the world in practical ways, in terms of the economy, work, nature, human freedom, um, social peace, as well as political and civic life. Um, Jenny, this series was your brainchild. Um, What did you want the series to achieve, and do you think it did that? Well, actually, it came out of a conversation um, with a friend at Lincoln Cathedral who asked for my help. I made a few suggestions and the idea for the series came very quickly. What we wanted to do was to show how Christian social theology and especially Catholic social thought can be a blessing on public life. And And so I intentionally chose speakers who I knew could ground it in a practical, political, politically literate reality. And I also chose them because they are people who, from a range of traditions, each draw on Catholic social thought. After all, it's meant for everyone, not just for Catholics. And I wanted to show how it can resource us to find positive solutions at a time of crisis. Because in this period of seismic change and instability, I think, don't we, we all really need to be thinking ahead about constructive pathways towards civic and spiritual renewal. And so I framed each lecture carefully and I briefed each speaker in some detail. It was quite a big project running over a couple of years. And in retrospect, it it was well worth the time. The speakers were wonderful and impressive, ranging from politicians like Lord Glassman and John Crudus MP to practical theologians like Alison Milbank and Malcolm Brown to expert practitioners on the political economy like Adrian Pabst and Edward Haddis, ending with economist sister Helen Olford. It really showcased Together for the Common Good's ability to pull on some big hitters in a range of areas. I thought it would be nice to talk a little bit about each of the lectures and what each speaker brought to the series. Um, Jenny, you actually gave the first lecture, Just Responsibility. Um, You were looking at how social theology can help us play our part in spiritual and civic renewal. Um, For me, you really set out the purpose of the whole series and why Catholic social thought as a tradition is such a great resource. For those um, who haven't listened to it yet, uh, why do we need to know about this? Well, we're at a time when the political class is lost. So we're not going to get the vision and wisdom from that source. And our society, all societies across the West, are facing multiple crises. 
And even though we live in a in a secular plural society, the church does still have a, a legitimate role. And while the institutional church doesn't wish to claim power and, and shouldn't do so, the people of God are called to be engaged citizens. So in this open lecture, what I'm doing is I'm inviting people into a space to think about what that means. What does it mean to be a Christian, to take responsibility for civic and spiritual renewal in a society that needs help? So I talk from personal responsibility right through to matters of statecraft. So there's a huge potential for mission drift. And so I want to show how the Catholic social thought tradition helps us read the signs of the times in a way that is politically literate. That sounds great, Jenny. Um, so the second lecture featured Lord Glassman, Morris Glassman, uh, who I know is a good friend of yours, and some people might recognise as the architect of Blue Labour. I love the irony um, of an appointed member of the House of Lords speaking on the theme of just voting on political participation in civic life. Well, yeah, in fact, um, he has a profound respect for our British constitutional arrangements. Uh, but Morris has probably done more than anyone I know to develop a coherent political economy from the Catholic social thought tradition. That, together with his own Jewish tradition, his admiration for Aristotle, Karl Polanyi, and his community organising experience, is what underpins his politics. And so in this era where democracy has been weakened, we're concerned about the defence of the sacred and the upholding of human agency. And so I asked him if he would talk about relationship, association and participation in civic life, the inheritance of the vote and its significance, especially in the abandoned places. And so he speaks from the heart. He extemporises. He doesn't use a script. Yeah, you really get the sense that Lord Glassman's thinking aloud uh, throughout the lecture. Um, for the third lecture in the series, you invited Edward Haddas. Um, he's a lesser-known quantity than maybe some of the other speakers in the series. Um, he is an acknowledged expert in Catholic social thought, whose career began as an equity analyst before he moved into financial journalism with Reuters and the Financial Times. Um, but now he teaches at Oxford University and is a research fellow at Blackfriars Hall. At first sight, his background isn't a neat fit for the topic of just being on the dignity and divine calling of the human person. And what led you to asking Edward to deliver this lecture? Well, Edward is a convert to Catholicism from Judaism, and he's a published author and serious scholar of social ethics and philosophy. He can communicate complex ideas in accessible language, and so I asked him to address the impact of modernity on human freedom and to explore whether, in the modern world, we can truly be who we were created to be. And he addresses the question of what it means to be human at a time when it's being really seriously challenged. And his sophisticated knowledge combination of finance and Catholic social thought means he's well tuned in to the reality of what's actually going on culturally and economically. So I thought he was a wonderful choice for this particular lecture on just being. And for the fourth lecture, it featured Malcolm Brown. So he's Director of Public Affairs at the Church of England. And you invited him to address the subject, Just Church, how does Catholic social teaching fit into the mission of the Church of England? In the lecture, he references the trend amongst non-Catholics for Catholic social teaching. And I just wondered why that was important to you, you know, to show the approach that can be adopted across different church traditions. Yeah, definitely. And people of all traditions are realizing its potential as a framework. It's a framework to guide good judgment. So in his lecture, Malcolm uses it as a backdrop 
uh, to explore the Anglican legacy of social theology to see what approach is appropriate for the new era. So he's a theologian, but he's also deeply engaged in the church's active role in public affairs uh, every day of the week. And he's dissatisfied with influences from the past um, in the Church of England, such as William Temple and Faith in the City, even though he's involved in, in Faith in the City himself. And he, he highlights that the Anglican spirit of being hospitable to extreme degrees of difference is relevant for this cultural moment. And so he believes in, in its potential as an antidote to division. What he's doing is he's proposing a return to the values of the Elizabethan settlement, which I found fascinating because it places the emphasis on neighbourliness rather than on doctrine. So fundamentally, Malcolm is challenging the Church of England from within to become a church for England at a time of great division and instability. And in fact, he grounds it very locally in, in that he sees the parish as a way to hold fractious communities together. So now we get to the point in the lecture series when I actually started working with you uh, together for the common good. And I got to know some of the, the next speakers um, a little bit. Um, whereas the first four lectures were held in Lincoln Cathedral, um, from this point they were held in London, um, still co-hosted uh, with Lincoln, um, but live streamed as well. And Adrian Pat's lecture on just economy, how can the economy be reordered to work for the common good, it was so wide-ranging and detailed. I really loved how he started with Catholic social teaching as a route, but then went on to set out some really practical examples of how we can improve the economy. Now, what did you make of it? Well, Adrian is an acknowledged expert in Catholic social thought and political economy, and he's actually one of the leading figures seeding a, a growing cross-party consensus for economic and civic renewal. He's also a professor of politics and a senior in a senior role at the National Institute of Economic and Social Research in Westminster, so he engages with the machinery of power at close quarters every day. Now, many Christians argue for economic reform, but few are able to conceptualise what reform aligned with Catholic social thought would actually consist of. And Adrian is one of the people who can do this. So I asked him if he would set out in, in practical and accessible terms what a more just economy looks like, reflecting the dignity of the person, uh, anchored in the dignity of work, and which reconciles these estranged interests of capital and of labour, of finance and production. I found his lecture brilliantly clear. It's so helpful and constructive. Now, the sixth lecture ended up being a bit of a bonus, um, titled Just Working, Catholic Social Thought and the Dignity of Work. Um, do you want to just explain what happened and why it's a bonus lecture in the series? Yeah, um, in fact, uh, John Crudus MP was scheduled to give this lecture, but just the day before, he let me know he, he would be stuck under a three-line whip at the House of Commons for a, a night of intense voting. I think they had 15 votes and he was going to be stuck there for hours. So I was very grateful that Maurice Glassman so kindly stepped in for John and, and gave a talk off the cuff. Yeah, so we had Lord Glassman back again. And I was really impressed that he put this together in less than 24 hours. And he had us all captivated with such deep, deep thought in his lecture. Yes, but this is what he does. In fact, he only started thinking about it properly an hour before. All, all he needed was a few notes and questions from me. He's thinking on his feet. So I, I asked him if he would address 
what's happened to the nature of work, why it's changed, which I hoped would allow him to explore the broader socioeconomic crisis, which is what he did. And so what he does is he sets the scene by identifying the features of the new era, the end of globalization and the emptiness of the political class. And he, he draws on the framework of Catholic social thought, in particular, how it, how it conceptualizes the relationship between capital and labor. And he shows how corporations have gained power while workers have lost out, why the dignity of work must be at the heart of a more just and stable settlement, and what people of faith need to do to promote the resurrection of society. It was, it was really a wonderful um, talk that he gave. And he gave the talk with great generosity for his friend, John Crudis, they are close political friends. Yeah, and the feedback we had on it was excellent as well. Um, which leads us to our seventh lecture uh, with, with John Crudis, um, who's the MP for Dagenham and Raynham. This is the one that was rescheduled um, and was called Just Working, Why the Dignity of Work is at the Heart of Civic Renewal and the Politics of the Common Good. Uh, what struck me was that although... The subject was very close in nature. The talk was very different um, from Lord Glassman's. Um, what did you make of it? Yes, I, I thought this was brilliant. Um, John and I had corresponded and discussed it at some length. And he starts by setting out the multiple layers of crisis that we're facing, in particular, the tensions growing between the governed and the governing classes. And he holds that the concept of human labour, as conceptualised within Catholic social thought, can be like a, a kind of portal into the issues around the future of democracy and how we live together. It's fascinating the way he approaches this. And he, he sees work as a spiritual activity through which the worker collaborates with the creator for the redemption of humanity. And he explains within this frame why the labour question is back at the centre of public conversation. And he argues that technology is not des destiny. There's, there's a thing going around about a workless future, you know, and, and he just won't accept that. He then proposes policy ideas, really constructive steps that would begin the, the shift to a more just and equitable position. I also found it really helpful how he illuminates the different visions of justice, showing which ones are and which aren't consistent with the Christian faith. Yes, I found that really helpful too. It was really excellent. Um, and so on to our eighth lecture with Alison Milbank, um, Alison's Professor of Theology and Literature at the University of Nottingham, um, but also an ordained priest in the Church of England and co-founder of the Save the Parish movement. The subject of this lecture was Just World. How does God call us to balance the interests of people and planet? So Alison doesn't have an obvious environmental background. So why did you invite Alison to give this lecture? Well, I wanted to do something unpredictable here. For me, far too often, this uh, environmental issue comes across as abstract and middle class, uh, which alienates the majority, especially poor communities who fear their livelihoods and agency are being threatened. So I wanted someone well-versed in Catholic social thought who had a close knowledge of parish life, whose approach would balance the interests of people and planet. I chose to invite a speaker who was not an environmentalist to address environmental issues. I wanted to come at it from a different angle. And Alison and I corresponded at some length about this. Her lecture is brilliant, filled with carefully researched references. It's positive and constructive, full of vision. And she, she draws on her expertise in the British poetic tradition 
So it's very pastoral in a sense, and she opens up stories and possibilities to illustrate a common good approach to the seemingly unreconcilable interests of the environmental crisis and social injustice. And through practical examples, she shows how the parish can be a part of the solution. Yes, Alison's lecture was great, you know, in a, a subject that's often focuses on, on the negative. There was so much to be cheerful about and so much, I guess, practical hope. Um, and so to the ninth and final lecture in the series with Sister Helen Olford, uh, which was on just peace, on social peace and the causes of division. Um, sister Helen is a Dominican sister and a senior academic at the Angelicum University, Rome's Pontifical University. She's president of the Pontifical Academy for the Social Sciences. And as an economist, she teaches economic ethics, the history of technology, labor politics, and Catholic social thought. Um, can you tell me a bit about this one? Yeah, so it was really an honor for us to welcome Sister Helen. And, and her biography is a bit intimidating. She sounds, you know, very highfalutin, but she's actually really grounded and down to earth and very lovely. And I, I invited her after admiring her way of approaching sometimes contentious subjects with both conviction and gentleness. And so drawing on her expertise in Catholic social thought, she explores the theme of social peace by drawing on Pope John XXIII's Pachem in Terrace, which means peace on earth, and Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail. She examines the causes of division that we're currently seeing in our culture from the perspectives of economy, anthropology, truth, freedom, and in particular natural law. And she suggests how Christians are called to respond. So Sister Helen's view is that today's divisions and crises are rooted in the departure from the moral order. And by reconnecting with natural law, she shows how the concept of order can help us in building social peace in our time. And the way she does it is not predictable. I, I would really encourage people to dig into this and listen to it. I was absolutely thrilled with this lecture, both with its simplicity and with its depth. It was a remarkable series, Jenny. Um, I was absolutely honoured to be a part of it. And you should be proud of the depth of the content as a whole series, but also the impact that each lecture individually and together as a package can have on forming the thoughts of listeners. It's really powerful stuff. Yeah, I, I do hope that you, our listeners, find these talks as stimulating and energising as we have. I do think the questions we're asking are important about responsibility, political participation, civic life, what it means to be a human being in the modern world, the role of the church, economic reform, the dignity of work, the environmental crisis and social injustice and social peace and the causes of, of division. With significant lectures coming up this year and next year, my hope is that these lectures might inform people's thinking and prompt people to engage a bit more deeply, perhaps gather a small group to listen to them together and then discuss. Ben, thank you so much for joining me in this discussion. Well, thank you for having me, Jenny. It's been great to be part of it. So thank you for listening to the Together for the Common Good podcast. My name is Jenny Sinclair, and in this episode, we've been exploring a series of talks about what the common good means in practice and how it can, as a concept, help us work towards civic and spiritual renewal. I'd really like to thank our partners at Lincoln Cathedral and CCLA for working with us to deliver this important lecture series, and especially our wonderful speakers for giving their time and commitment without charge, and to each and every person who joined us in person when they were recorded. 
And to you, our listeners, I do hope you enjoy these really excellent speakers and find the series as stimulating as I did putting it together. Perhaps you will listen with a friend or gather a small group and use them to prompt discussion. Our society's in trouble and we all need to lend a hand to make sense of what's going on and consider carefully how we need to respond. I'd love it if you would explore our other work, including our sister podcast, Leaving Egypt, which I co-host with my good friend, Alan Roxborough, which looks at what it means to be God's people in an age of unravelling. That's Leaving Egypt, and you can find it where you're listening to this podcast right now, or you can join our community at leavingegyptpodcast.substack.com. And you can find out more about our wider work at togetherforthecommongood.co.uk. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and God bless.